Chapter 13 of My Queen, a weekly journal for young women. Issue 1, September 1900. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. The Arrest and Rescue. For just one brief moment, not a sound was heard. Then an echoing shriek broke from the lips of the subject. Marion! Oh, Marion! Save me! In less than a second, the house was in an uproar. Men and women had sprang from their seats and were yelling like demons. Before anyone could stop him, Professor Dabrowski darted toward the wings, but while he was still in full view of his audience, he was stopped peremptorily. The detective from headquarters was the first man to confront him. I arrest you for kidnapping, he said very plainly. Here, handcuff him, officers. We must not take any chances. Two officers sprang forward and caught the professor's arms, but he was too thoroughly frightened to make any resistance. She is my wife, he said faintly. She is over sixteen. A curse from one of the indignant officers silenced him. At that instant, Mr. Ray sprang upon a seat and explained the situation. His voice was clear and distinct. Every person in the house heard it. A perfect storm of hisses followed his remarks, and for a moment it looked as if the entire audience intended making a rush for the professor. Cries of, The villain! The scoundrel! sounded on all sides, for in an instant everyone appreciated the terrible crime he had committed. A score of hands were reached forward, and Dolly was lifted straight over the footlights and placed in the arms of her noble sister. As Marion clasped her in her arms, Mr. Ray and Bert tried to lead the two girls out, while the crowd, as soon as it saw Dolly's girlish, frightened face, yelled with one voice, Lynch him! Lynch the rascally professor! The officers hurried their prisoner away, and the detective came back. He had found Dolly's hat and gloves, and something to wrap around her. The crowd made way for them to pass, and as they passed, a mighty cheer went up that almost shook the building. Hurrah for the brave country girl, they screamed and howled. Three cheers for the farmer's daughter who came to the city to save her sister. Marion wept with delight as Mr. Ray bundled them both into a carriage. And as for Dolly, she clung to her sister and cried, both from fear and pleasure. When they finally reached the hotel, Mr. Ray sent a telegram to Joshua Marlowe, telling him briefly of Marion's success in finding her sister. He will never forgive me cried Dolly, her face burning and scarlet. He will never understand that I could not help it. Oh, it seems like a hideous dream. Can I ever forget it? Marion took her in her arms to soothe and comfort her, and Mr. Ray bade them good night in his heartiest manner. You have been so good, so kind to me, faltered Marion. Who could help it? was the roguish but sincerely meant answer. For you are the bravest little woman in all the world, for not only have you found your own, but you've also restored my darling sister. And there is much more for me to do, said Marion, moving away from Dolly for a moment, for I have made the charge of kidnapping against that rascally professor, and I shall leave no stone unturned to have him thoroughly punished. The chief of police has told me what to do, but much will depend on what I learn of his treatment of poor Dolly. The two young people looked at each other with solemn eyes. Thank God there are such women in the world as you said the man soberly. And such men as you, said Marion archly. Good night, Mr. Ray. The honors are even. Good night, Bert. 
Marion took Dolly to her room before she broke down. Then, when the door was safely locked, she burst out crying. "'Oh, Marion, dear, what shall I do?' asked Dolly helplessly. "'I can't go home to father now. Whatever shall we do in this big, wicked city?' Marion wiped her eyes and smiled as brightly as ever. "'Nonsense, Dolly,' she said gaily. "'It is not a wicked city at all. It is perfectly glorious, and oh, how I love it!' "'Then you don't intend to go back?' asked Dolly, relieved. "'Never,' said Marion, stoutly. "'Or at least not if I can help it. We'll get something to do and stay right here, Dolly. There is a place for us here. We've just got to find it.' "'Isn't it lovely, Dolly?' cried Marion suddenly. The superintendent of the lodging house has found Bert Jackson a position. Then, noticing Dolly's look, she hastened to explain the exciting episode in Bert's day. Her sister was delighted when she heard of the adventure. I just caught a glimpse of him on the street, she said, when that monster Mr. Lawson stepped directly between us. Bert knocked him down, but he was up in a flash. Then the next I knew, poor Bert had been arrested, and he was leading me along. I could not resist him. "'You must tell me all, every word,' said Marion soberly. "'I must know the full length and breadth of that man's villainy, Dolly. "'After that you must try to forget him, dear. "'You're safe from him now. Never again can he harm you. "'When he is safely disposed of, we shall have enough to do, "'for we must go to work to win fame and fortune.' "'Dolly shook her head, and a dazed look crept into her eyes. "'Tomorrow, Marion, I'm so tired tonight.' Tomorrow my head will be clearer, and perhaps I can remember. Marion took her in her arms and began smoothing her hair. Just one thing, little sister, and then you shall go to sleep. Did you take Grandma's topazes from the old chest, Dolly? I looked for them one night, but I could not find them. I took them, yes, dear, said Dolly sleepily. He told me to do it, and I dared not disobey. There was some reason, I don't know what, I always obeyed him. I understand the reason, darling. He had hypnotized you. But now, go to bed, dear. We'll finish our talking tomorrow. Marion helped to undress her, soothing her gently as she did so. We'll get along famously. I'm sure we will, she said cheerily, for all we need is perseverance and courage. And you have courage enough for both, said Dolly, brightening. You are the bravest girl in the world, and I am proud of you, Marion. I mean that you shall be proud of me some day said the fair girl slowly, for if patience, perseverance, and courage count for anything, I shall be famous, even if I am only a farmer's daughter. And the beautiful speaker's words were all fulfilled, but before she could realize her highest ambitions, there were thrilling adventures to be passed through and dangerous pitfalls to be avoided. Fortunately for her, there were other charges against Professor Dabrowski, and by the advice of counsel, Dolly's case was discontinued. The rascally hypnotist was sent to Sing Sing for ten years without their appearing against him, and the two gentle girls were only too glad to escape the notoriety of a trial. As for Deacon Marlowe, he lived to repent his hardness of heart. The nobility of his daughters overwhelmed him with shame and remorse, but it was a pity the lesson could not have been learned a little earlier. Archie Ray took his sister abroad at once to escape unpleasant remarks, but his friendship for Marion never waned for an instant. Emile Vorse remained at large for a little time, but both he and his boon companion, the wretch who had wrecked Adele Ray's life, were caught in the net of the law later on, and both were confined in the same dismal prison. Thus the downfall of three villains was at last effected, 
and all indirectly through the heroic courage of a farmer's daughter. The End End of Chapter 13 Recording by Colleen McMahon